You're listening to Beyond Synth, the best synthwave chat show there is. Hey there, welcome to the show. This is Beyond Synth, episode 269. That's right, no jokes. This is a very serious show, and I will tolerate none of your juvenile silliness, even though this is episode 269. That's right, today on the show, I am chatting with Yota, okay? And we'll be talking with her in just a bit, and before then, we have a whole bunch of awesome music to listen to. I've got some letters to read. We have to do birthdays and uh, and all sorts of cool stuff, all right? So let's get the show started with some Primo the Alien, or Primo the Alien. I can't remember which one I say. Uh, this is a fun song. It says, don't play before January 15th. Well, this episode drops February 2nd, so I guess I'm in the clear. That's good. Good for me, all right? And good for all of you because you get to listen to some cool music. So let's check this out. This is Primo. Mo the alien with bad things. Both of us out of minds work me It's 
All right, and that was Bad Things by Primo the Alien. Go check that out. I'm assuming the single is out on January 15th. I think she has another single out as well, and uh, I'm assuming it's good too. I think she sent it to me, but I don't think I've even listened to it yet. So much to do, so much going on. Okay, so if you are listening to this on Tuesday when this episode airs, you have exactly a day and a half if you want to submit some trivia (laughs) for the first family show of this year, okay? So the family shows on Beyond Synth, if you don't know, is when Marco, Mike, and Florence, Marco, of course, was the host of Synthetic Sundays for many years, and now he joins us on the family shows. Uh, Usually we try and do those once every four episodes. And then there's Florence, who, of course, is Glitbiter, super talented lady, who is also part of uh, Dead Astronauts now. And then there's Mike, who is also Modern Knight, who makes all the jingles on Beyond Synth and also makes a lot of awesome music. Anyway, so we're doing a family show recording, I think, tomorrow, which is going to air next week. That's the plan anyways. That's going to be the Valentine's Day show. So, if you have any trivia you want to submit and you want to hear it on the show next week, uh, you have exactly one day (laughs) before... Before uh, we start recording, I should also point out that uh, Arjen, one of my uh, Beyond Synth patrons at Patreon.com, uh, he wrote me a trivia game, but I'm not sure I can use it. Uh, but I did receive it, Arjen. It's just that I don't know if it's really appropriate for a family show trivia because they were more questions I would direct at the audience of the show to like win a prize, since most of the questions were about Andy's spaceship and the podcast. But uh, maybe I'll hang on to them for the next time I do a contest because it's gonna be really weird if I like ask you know Florence or my questions about Andy's spaceship. That's kind of odd. But apart from that, that's pretty much all I know about that. So if you do have some trivia and you want us to play a trivia game on the show, you have exactly one day to send it in. So good luck to the no one who's going to do that. (laughs) All right, let's listen to some more music, okay? I got a track here from, I believe I am pronouncing this correctly, Affet Robot. Although I'm rolling my R. I don't think they say it like that. I asked them to send me uh, uh, how to pronounce it. So here's what she says. Affet robot. So how do you feel about that? Am I doing it right? Hold on, listen. Affet robot. Affet robot. Anyways, it doesn't matter. The point is, it's a cool song. It's got a real sort of retro sound to it, which I like. The song is called... <laughs> now, let's see if I fuck this up. Saplantilerin Kulesim, which I believe is Turkish, because I did Google Translate... And according to Google Translate, it says that translates roughly to, I am a slave to obsessions, and that's all I know. I have no idea what else they're saying, because it's all in a different language. But it's a fun song, and uh, I hope you dig it. So this is uh, Affet Robot with Saplantelerin Kulesim.
Alright, and that was Saplantilerin Curlesim by Afet Robot. Alright, and uh, that's a cool song. And uh, let's do birthdays. So, you know, if you've been paying attention, I know this is only the third episode of Season 9 of Beyond Synth, but we do birthdays now. So if you are a patron, don't forget to let me know when your birthday is, and I'll give you a shout-out, all right, and say happy birthday. Like David Lavallee Jr., whose birthday is coming up in just a few days, uh, February the 6th. Happy birthday, David Lavallee Jr. You're a cool guy, and I hope you get that PlayStation you wanted? I don't know. (laughs) What do you want? I tell you, I want a PlayStation. Maybe you can get one for me. They're still sold out. I have a feeling I'm literally just... You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to buy the re-release of Mario 3D Land, and I'm going to play that. And I guess continue to play Game Pass on a old, used Xbox One until summer? (laughs) I guess, when fucking new systems come out. The point is this. Happy birthday, David LaValle Jr. And I would also like to say happy birthday to Mike Bailey. Now, he wrote in a letter. His birthday was actually last week, but he became a patron on his birthday, so I'm now wishing you a very belated birthday because it was on January 29th to Mike Bailey, and Mike Bailey wrote me a letter. He says, Hey, Andy, I've been meaning to start official patronizing the heck out of you for some time. And it's my 40th birthday today. Happy birthday, Mike. So it's kind of a special present slash epoch-defining moment for me. Do you say epic or epoch? I say epoch. All right, so we're clear on that. Uh, I'd be transported to Synth Cloud 9 if you could fit in a little shout-out. Seriously, though, your podcast has brought real joy to me over the years, has got me through many a late-night coding session, and led me into the vibrant, garishly neon synthwave world. I know this is the same for thousands of others. The hard work you've put into creating the content that you do and bringing together like-minded people from the scene, I think has been central in building the synthwave community. For God's sake, keep doing it. Big thanks, Mike Bailey. Well, thank you, Mike Bailey, for being a cool guy. Happy 40th birthday, you fool. Now go get coding. The world is depending on that sweet, sweet, delicious code. And uh, I don't know what I'm talking about. (laughs) But seriously, thank you, uh, obviously, for joining the, the Patreon as well. We couldn't do this show without awesome people like you. Although I think you are overestimating the audience. <laughs> uh, it's more like six or seven people, but the point is that uh, at least three of those people like the show. Anyway, happy birthday, both you fools. Uh, have a lovely, lovely day, okay? And now let's listen to some more music. This is one I found when I was doing my Reverb Nation thingy. It's an artist called One Night in Paris, and uh, it's a bit more contemporary sounding than some of the music I play on the show, especially the vocals, but uh, I dig it. I think it's got a cool chorus, and uh, you should dig it too. So this is One Night in Paris with Alive in the Darkness. Can't explain this feeling The darkness in my mind I feel it taking over 
And that was Alive in the Darkness by One Night in Paris. All right. And that's a cool song. And I know I say this all the time, but if you uh, dig any of the artists I listen to on the show, don't forget to follow them and check out their music. I post all of their links in the show notes. In the show notes, I just said. Uh, you know, if you go on SoundCloud, click on the More Info button and uh, you'll see all the links to all the artists and you know when i post the show on facebook and twitter and instagram i try and tag the artists in those posts and uh that's a good way to quickly identify and go follow them because obviously all these people are making cool music and you should check it out all right so now look let's uh let's go to the patreon We 
haven't done this in a while. Uh, I should also point out that the Patreon jingle, as well as all the jingles on Beyond Synth, are done by Modern Night. Okay, and some of them are even available for, um, you can stream them on Spotify if you go to Modern Night Spotify, or you can check out his Bandcamp. I think you can buy some of the old ones if there's old segments that we don't do anymore on the show, but you still want to go back and listen to the song. Anyway, as you know, this show is supported by the awesome listeners, okay? And you can support the show. You can go to BeyondSynth.com. There's a PayPal option, or you can go to Patreon.com slash BeyondSynth. And I would like to do a shout-out to the awesome top tier donors of Beyond Synth. Awesome people like Robert D. Bishop, Collector, Chris Dance, and Mike Shima, who I like to call the kings of the Pattersons. And then, of course, there's Jose Arbello, the king of hell. Jacob Wick, my semi-sonic friend. City Hunter Magoo. I don't know. I need to come up with a sentence for City Hunter. City Hunter, my hunter... City Hunter. I got, I got nothing. Uh, then there's Hugh Hefner in the 2666 Club and in the $25 Club. Clint Dowling, Jimmy the Hutt, Newmark, Alex Seligson, Eurobeat Intensifies, A Star Apart, Restless Nights, Honeybeard, Tim Carlton, Johnny Five. We got a new donor, Monkey Magics, who wrote me a letter who I'm going to read in just a second. Kempson, Kenjuru, Martin Larby, and Blake Peterson. You guys are all awesome, okay? Thank you so much for supporting Beyond Synth. You are very special to me. And of course, in the more than 10 but not 25 club... (laughs) which we're still trying to figure out a name for. There's Ashley Keegan uh, with the 1986 Jizz Whaler in the 1985 Club. <laughs> Jizz Whaler. <laughs> Jizz Whaler. That's a reference to the last family show we did. The New Year's episode, we played some trivia and we found out some stuff about <laughs> Star Wars. That was uh, very interesting, so go and listen to that. Then, of course, there's the Buchelman sisters, Sarah and Rachel, Hampus ML, Chatterack. Dennis LaFunk, Luke Jackson, Skywolf, Mads Baron Christensen, Retro Serenade, and we will never forget the immortal Chris Salaya Lane. And of course, a special shout out to new donor Mike Bailey, who we wished a happy birthday to earlier. He is in the Triple Six Club, the donation of the beast. Now look, Monkey Magic sent me a letter. Oh wait, I just... <laughs> I already announced you were a new patron last week. <laughs> Anyway, uh, Monkey Magic says, Hi, Andy. Sorry it's taken so long to return to Patreon. That's right. He used to be here. I assume this isn't like the tax office, and now I owe you two years of back payments. You do. It turns out moving your whole family across to the other side of the world is both expensive and time-consuming. Loving the show as always. Any chance you could play a song from the Diplomatic Immunity album by Client Liaison? COVID free high fives from New Zealand. Monkey Magics. All right, so thanks, uh, Monkey Magics, of course, for returning to the Patreon. You're a cool guy. Uh, thank you so much for your support. I'm happy that you've managed to get settled into a new place and uh, glad you're well. And New Zealand is one of those countries that's doing pretty good. So good for you. Not that you had anything to do with it. <laughs> Unless you are female prime minister. What the hell's her name? Is it Jacinda? Why do I know that? <laughs> is that her name? Hold on. Who is the... Who is the New Zealand Prime Minister? I feel like it's Jacinda something. New Zealand Prime Minister. The Prime Minister of New Zealand is the head of the government of New Zealand. Thank you. 
Jacinda Ardern. Is that how you say that? She looks happy in this photo. <laughs> anyway. All right. What am I doing? Oh, yeah. So you want me to play a track from Client Liaison? I shall do it. Uh, you asked me to pick my favorite track, and it's actually uh, just a completely solid, well-produced album. Um, but I wanted to listen to this one because it was a lot of fun. It's called A Foreign Affair featuring Tina Arena. I just love everything about that. So uh, let's listen. This is Client Liaison with the track A Foreign Affair featuring Tina Arena.
right, and that was Client Liaison, featuring Tina Arena with the track of Foreign Affair. Just a really well-produced pop album, so go check that out, because it's uh, pretty good. Pretty good stuff. So what else? I got uh, one little email to read here. We'll play another track, and then we'll go chat with Yota, okay? So this was a, an email from Zytalites. Is that how you say you're... He's an artist. Zytalites. I'm assuming that's how you pronounce it, unless it's fucking... No, it'd be Zytalites. It has to be Zytalites. Zytalites? Zytalites? Uh-oh. Zytalites. Z- it's Zytalites. <laughs> Jacinda. Uh, okay, so he says... Hi, Andy. Tried to use the contact form on the website, but it doesn't seem to work. Probably shouldn't have read that part. Uh, Facebook told me to write here. Hope this reaches you. And then one of those happy faces with the tongue sticking up. I write to you on behalf of a group of synth artists who have come together to create a compilation album on vinyl. We are just a few months away from release and will announce the project on various social media this Friday, January 29th. Hey, that was Mike Bailey's birthday. <laughs> Happy birthday, Mike. Have a press release. (laughs) Anyway, says basic information is already available at polyphonicunderground.com. Any help you could give us in promoting this passion project would be much appreciated. All right, so look, go check that out. Go check out polyphonicunderground.com. There's a lot of cool artists on there, and I guess they're collaborating on a vinyl. It's called Terrible Investments. I'm just on the website now. What is Polyphonic Underground? Polyphonic Underground is an informal collective of synth artists with a passion for vinyl. We came together around the idea of getting our own music released on the medium without having to rely on a record label or any kind of backing or bureaucracy slash red tape. This is a passion project that is completely self-funded and collaboratively produced. Anyway, sounds like there's some cool artists on here. Quato Lives, I've played a few of their tracks before. It's good stuff. Hyperdriver, I've played. Johnny Fallout, Peacecraft, Dreadbeat, Zytolites. Yeah, so go check that out. Go check out Polyphonic Underground, an exclusive vinyl. The record comes with a full-color printed sleeve featuring artwork and graphic design from fellow synth artist Lavenue. Lavenue's great. Each track has been meticulously mastered for vinyl by genre icon Dynatron. Dynatron is great. Look at this. See all these great things going on. So go check that out. Polyphonicunderground.com. Okay? Now look, let's listen to one more song, and then we will go chat with Yota. I want to listen to this because it's cool. It's Cymatica. It's Cymatica, right? C-Y-M-A-T-I-C-A. It's not Cymatica. No, it's Cymatica. <laughs> Jacinda. All right, look. This is <laughs> this track is called Somewhere In Between, and it is by Cymatica.
Wade, and that was Cymatica with Somewhere In Between. An awesome song. Go check it out. And uh, yeah, that about sums this part of the show up. I hope you enjoyed the tunes. Don't forget to support the artists. And uh, don't forget to... Wait, I'm not saying goodbye. (laughs) Jacinda! All right, let's go chat now with the very talented and fun Yota. All right, well, I'm here right now with Yota. How's it going? I'm good. I'm well, thank you. How are you doing? I'm great. So is your real name a secret? No. (laughs) No, actually, my name is Greek, and it's actually Panayota. So it's my grandmother's name, but I'm just using Yota. So uh, it's spelled differently, but phonetically it's the same. So uh, so it's not spelled uh, Y-O-T-A, like my artist name, but the name in itself is the same. And people call me Yota because uh, often when your name is like Panayota in Greece, then you don't usually say the entire name. You just say Yota. So it is my name, but it's spelled a different way. But you live in France, right? Yeah, it's <laughs> exactly. I am born in Sweden, born and raised in Sweden. And I live in France. I live in Paris uh, since 2011. But I've lived in France since 2007, actually. But I was, yeah, born and raised in Stockholm, Sweden. And my dad uh, was Greek and my mom was Finnish. And then I was born in Sweden. Okay, (laughs) so very European, basically. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Finnish, Greek, Swiss, now living in France. Yeah, since a very long time. So, I mean, I live in Paris... uh, And I feel that Paris is my home now. You know, if you don't speak French really well and things like that, it can be a bit difficult. But uh, now I feel like it took a while, but I feel like at home. I'm at home here. What made you move to France? I started to work with, uh, if you know, Lifelike, Mm -hmm. French producer. And uh, actually, we, yeah, we were together. That's what made me move, basically. <laughs> so the work became something else. So like we, we were working and then we kind of like fell in love. And yeah, so that's why I moved to uh, France. Oh. So I, I contacted, I was in contact with him and Chris Menes, if you know Chris Menes as well. Those are the guys who made Discopolis, track Discopolis. That was a huge hit. And when I heard that track, I was like, wow, I, I really love that track. I want to work with these people. And I contacted them and then I got to know Laurent very well. And yeah. The rest is history. And then I'm still living here after so many years. Well, that's cool. <laughs> yeah. It's nice too, when you find out all these weird connections of things behind the scene. I've been meaning to have him on the show. Oh. <laughs> like we, we messaged each other like last year and then I, I'm so disorganized. But I've changed my ways for the year 2021. Okay. And have now become very organized. I'm now an organized guy. And I'm going to tell everybody that. Oh, that's fantastic. <laughs> I'm proud of you. <laughs> <laughs> I just yeah. I just say it out loud to get people to pat me on the back, right? So yeah. it makes me feel good. <laughs> so are you a multilingual then? Yes, I am. I actually speak five languages. Hmm. Greek, Finnish, Swedish, English, and French, and a little bit of Norwegian as well. So five and a half languages, and I would love to learn German. And... <laughs> German and Spanish. I'm actually maybe planning. I have this thought that maybe I would, maybe I'm going to move to Berlin. I don't know. I have this thought for a long time because I love Berlin. And if I move uh, to Germany, I guess I need to learn German. I mean, it could be a good idea and and fun as well. All you need to know is Scheiße. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah. That's all and I know. And a couple of other words. I only know the bad words, like really bad words that I I cannot say them now. But I really know the bad words. But, you know, I cannot order a cup of coffee or something. I can just insult people. Yes. Well, that's all you need to do. Yeah. That's... Uh, <laughs> I know. Whenever, whenever I would have guests on, I, I would always ask those questions. I haven't done that in a long time, though. Yeah. <laughs> but I know, I know, I know all the French ones. Oh, you do? Yeah, of course. Ah, I, you know how to insult people in French? Yes, they're all weird. Yeah. Uh, well, that's also too. I'm I'm Canadian, so yeah. A lot of the like the French Canadian swear words have um, like religious yes connotation yes. to them. Like they're all like yeah. tabarnak and stuff like this, where it's yeah. like silly to me. Yeah. It's funny the the way the, the the Canadian French because they're often using like those very old words, you know, like they don't use them over here. But when you talk to somebody from Canada, then they use this really like old expressions. It's quite funny. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, but to be fair, I mean, like I understand very little French. I should be better considering like half my family is French. Oh. Okay. But but France French. Yeah. Uh, uh, not French Canadian. So I have I have my sentence practiced. Every time I have a French guest on, I say, Je ne peux pas bien parler français. Ça and va? that's yeah. Bah, and that's it. C'est pas mal, hein? Déjà, yeah. ça c'est pas mal, hein? I know. But it's <laughs> but it's like <laughs> it's too good because because uh, then when I follow it up with any other sentence, then everything just falls apart. Okay. Because everyone says, <laughs> Oh, but that sentence is pretty good. I'm like, Oui, j'aime les les sandwich, and then it's over. Voilà, le croissant. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the baguette, uh, fromage. Voilà, bah voilà. <laughs> well, how about this? Yeah. This is silly. Let's listen to a track, and then we will dive into the history of Yota. Okay. So I want to, we're going to go to the uh, the Strangers on Film album from 2019. Yes. And uh, this was a good one. It was sort of like a dreamy synth pop kind of album. Yes. I'm very bad at explaining music, by the way. Just thought I'd let you know. No problem. Not one of my skills. Everything I say is usually just, that's a cool track. And that's pretty well, much... That's okay. Oh. That's, that's enough. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I want to listen to this. This track's called Limelight mm-hmm. by Utah.
was Limelight by Yota, and I'm here right now with Yota, aka. Now, do you say is, is it Panayota or? Yeah, it's a Panayota. Yes, yes, Panayota. Panayota. But I never use that because it's just too long, and voila. So I just say Yota, and everybody calls me Yota. So look, we're here right now with the the very talented, multilingual, world traveling. <laughs> Let's just try and find some more. Uh, Give me more. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> European multilingual star. No, I'm joking. There you go. <laughs> so what what got you started in making the music in the first place? Well, actually, I was, I thought that I would, you know, become a painter. I went to art school and I thought that I would paint. And, but, um, well, my father used to be a singer. But, I mean, I love to sing, but I never thought that I would start to sing. It was actually a friend of mine, a friend that was much older than me. And uh, we were like really good friends. And she had been working as a manager for uh, soul artists in New York, for example. And also she was this person, you know, very connected and she had been working for a circus and whatever, all of these things. And she heard me sing because I was singing, I was imitating, we were in the car and I was imitating Al Green. Uh, you know, the falsetto when he like, Al Green when he sings the falsetto things. <laughs> and I was kind of joking, but at the same time I was, I mean, I was singing and she said, you need to sing. This is brilliant. And I'm like, come on, are you joking? And she said, no, you need to sing. And then that's when I started to think, okay, maybe I should. And then I started to do music. My boyfriend at that time was, was a musician. He had the studio and stuff like that. So I started to record there uh, with a friend. And through that, um, I was like, okay, maybe I should send what I'm doing to uh, some people. And I did. And I sent it to this um, quite known, he's very known producer in Sweden, his name is Håkan Lidbo. And he called me and uh, he said, I really like this. Would you like to come over? And I said, yes. And that's how it started. That's when I signed my publishing deal. And that's when I started to work with uh, a lot of people, mainly back then it was the people in Sweden, names like Stonebridge or Zoo Brazil and uh, a lot of other people. And uh, that's how it started. Then I started to connect with people abroad and such. So, but yeah, and I'm still with the same publisher, uh, actually, still today. So it's been a while since I'm with them. I'm really happy with them, you know, they're very supportive. They were the ones that helped me to, you know, isolate the studio so that I can sing, provided me with a good mic, headphones, everything, all that kind of things, and people. Wait, so when you started making music, yeah. was that Yota from the beginning, or were you doing other things before? Yeah, I mean, I used the, the name Yota, but it, I was always calling it featuring something, you know, like featuring Yota. So when I was working with somebody, it would be like featuring Yota. The kind of music that I was doing before was more, I've been doing different things. I've been doing more techno kind of things. I've been doing more housey things. But it wasn't until I started working on my albums that's when I started to, if you mean like this genre, is that what you're asking? This kind of genre that I'm working on right now, that I'm working with now, or is that the question? Or <laughs> <laughs> I don't yeah. know how to react when people throw my terrible questions back at me. No, no. It's, it's, I... <laughs> okay, so basically, okay. <laughs> okay, I will help you out. So basically, <laughs> my first album, my first album was called The Night in Shining Armor. And that's the uh, same people that work, more or less, that made the second album and the third album. And uh, it was when I started to work with my album that it became more Yota Yota, so to say, not featured. But the only difference 
is that it's my album, but I'm still working mainly with the same people. For example, Lifelike, and then there's the guys from Sound Factory, and there's Stefan Lozak, for example, who made Limelight, and Doos, and uh, plenty of other people. But Yota, the Yota Yota name, I became more known actually after the second album, but then something really happened uh, after Hazy Paradise. Because before it, it was more kind of like underground. I mean, people would know, but since Hazy Paradise, it just, something just happened in, let's say, in June, July. I couldn't believe it. Suddenly, I started to receive all these messages, like all, all, all the time, every day when I open, you know, Instagram or whatever. There would be like plenty of messages, and it was totally new for me. So there was something with Hazy Paradise that really worked. And honestly, to be honest, I don't know what I did different with Hazy Paradise compared to Strangers on Film. Right. <laughs> I did something. Well, I would say that there's, if there's, there is one thing, though. When I worked on Hazy Paradise, I remember, and I've said that before in interviews, I remember that I was thinking, never settle for okay. Never settle for just okay. So when I'm in the studio, if I'm recording something and it feels just okay, I'm not going to settle with that. I need to try and deliver, like really, really, really deliver. And that's something that I thought about. And maybe this is a part of the you know, reason why Hazy Paradise has worked quite well. Uh, I'm not sure, but I, that's what I think. Well, it's the magic of making art, you know? Yeah. Sometimes you never know what you did. Exactly. So then you can always be chasing that high for the rest of your life, like drugs. That's true. It's like, where, where what was it? And then you <laughs> just don't find the answer. What, well, one very, obviously, very huge important thing is obviously all the super skilled people that wrote the music to these albums. I mean, because the way I work is that I receive the instrumental and then I record, I write the lyrics and the vocals and I write the vocal melodies. And then I just send it over to producers so they will just mix it and everything. Sometimes I just sing something and then it will create an instrumental around it. But I, what I'm saying is that it's the producers are just making an amazing job. Without them, it would be nothing, you know. Just want to say that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that they are not going to get angry with you or something, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do you still paint? I do but I'm really lousy at it. I'm actually like, if you don't paint for a while, I don't know how it works for other people. I'm not like a natural. I don't think so. So if you don't paint for a while, then you need to train that. And I haven't. And so when I, when I start now, I'm like, oh, wow, it feels like when I was 20 or something and started or 15, you know. But I think those kind of things, if you have the time, then I think I will manage to do pretty well. But I just don't have the time. But I think I'm like thinking when I get older, then I will probably paint more. When I will live in a house, uh, you know, in the countryside and have some chicken and horses. No, I'm joking. But... <laughs> <laughs> No, but I have this idea of, no, 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 I'm, I'm not going to live out in the countryside. Anyway. But I will have chickens and horses. They'll just be in my apartment. I will. Totally. <laughs> I think I had, I know somebody who had chicken at home. They had like a big terrace and they had chicken, but the problem is that they smell really a lot. So you can't really have them. You know, even if you have like a big terrace, if, you, if it's like not outdoors, like outside, and then it's not a good idea. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. No, it'd be a mess too. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> I don't know. I, I don't really hang around too many farm animals, so me neither. I want a I want a rabbit. That would be lovely. I'm more of a cat guy. Yeah. I just like to do my own thing. Yeah. So I like cats because they just sort of walk in and look at you and then walk away, and you don't really feel the need to. Um, they don't require a lot of effort. No, they don't. They're very independent. I have a cat. He's my sound engineer. So when he's in the studio, he's <laughs> like, if he doesn't like something, he will look at me. He will give me that look. And then I know, okay, this is not good. Okay. And he's the boss. <laughs> yeah. He's the <laughs> you just said that your next album just sounds like a bunch of meows. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, let's listen to another track. I want to listen to another one from Strangers on Film. Okay. It's a track I dug called Moon Boy, mm-hmm. and uh, it's by Yota. was Moon Boy 
by Yota. And I'm here right now with Yota talking about chickens and uh, <laughs> and painting. Um, you mentioned your father was a singer. What kind of, what did he do? Yeah, he was a singer. It wasn't his main job, but he was a, he used to sing like as a Greek. He was, a, my father was Greek and he, used to, he was a Greek singer. So he would perform, you know, for weddings and parties and sing, you know, at this kind of different events. He had actually the opportunity to sign a deal, but then he became like, kind of like shy and stuff. And he was like, no, I don't know if I want to do it. But he was extremely skilled. I'm not saying that because it was my dad. I'm really meaning it. He was extremely skilled because my dad used to hang out with my friends. Like if he would come over to Sweden uh, because it, uh, he lived, he moved to Greece after my parents separated and such. It took a while, but then he moved to Greece. And but then he, when he would come back to Sweden, he would hang out with my friends. And, uh, you know, and it would be lovely. And then he would always sing. So we would sit around my dad because it was really like, then he wasn't shy. Then we would all sit like around him and he would be in the middle and he would sing for us and try to charm the ladies, of course. He was very much of <laughs> this charmer. So, but yeah, uh, and it was just amazing. No music needed, just his voice. It was really, really, really brilliant. Yeah. I guess then when you were younger, would you see him uh, uh, practicing or see like the techniques of maintaining a voice and stuff? I never saw him practice. I just saw, heard him sing. So I never heard him like practice at all. He just sang. But he was he was really this natural. He's just, you know, when he just starts to sing, then it's just perfect. I know a couple of people who sing like that. And then it's, it's really impressive. I have my friend Laura. She's actually probably going to be on the album as well, featuring a little bit on one track or two. She's amazing. And she has worked with big names, uh, really big names here in France. So. But uh, she's this kind of annoying person, you know, like she starts to sing and that she never is out of tune. It's like, how is it? How is this possible? <laughs> mm-hmm. Whereas me, I mean, I, I'm not always singing perfectly, but I do think that I sing... I try to bring in the mood and the, some kind of depth to the vocal. And then, and then you start by going, me, 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 me. <laughs> I think I should do it more. <laughs> 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 yeah, I, I think I should do that more. It could be good. I have a friend who's a vocal coach. And I think, yeah, maybe I would. I mean, it, it can never be a bad thing, right? <laughs> to do that. It's good mm. to practice, I've been told. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, what's, what's your cat's name? It's Watson. So we had a Sherlock, you know, Sherlock and Watson. Mm. We had a Sherlock, but Sherlock was really mean and he didn't like Watson. So we gave Sherlock to a friend and because Sherlock is this kind of cat. You know, he wants to be by himself. He wants to be the king. Mm. So we gave Sherlock to a um, friend and then Watson. So Watson, as a, yeah, is uh, his name. He's very British. <laughs> as you started saying that story, I'm like, oh, this is going to be a sad story because he's just like, <laughs> no, no. Well, there used to there used to be Sherlock, and I'm like, oh shit, Sherlock's dead. <laughs> no, he's not. No, yeah, Sherlock. <laughs> Sherlock got run over by a car, and yeah. it was really horrible. No, he's alive. <laughs> All good. All right. I'm happy to hear that that <laughs> asshole cat who couldn't live with Watson is still alive. Yes, uh, he is this horrible cat. I'm so glad I don't have him anymore. <laughs>
You know, you can never engineer, like we always want to engineer good times or, and, and the problem is whenever you try and do that, it never quite works out. And so when you, when you get two cats and you think it'll be cute to pattern name them and go, this one's Sherlock and Watson, then you're going to end up with some sort of problem because it's like, you can't make magic from nothing, you know? Yeah. It's like with some people. I'm joking. Well, no, I've had, I've had experiences like that. It's like the way I feel with you now. I'm joking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it don't just worry. doesn't work. Yeah, th- don't worry. That's not unique. That's uh, that's how everybody feels around <laughs> me. Because I'm a pretty nostalgic guy. Mm-hmm. I, you know, when I was in high school, I would have a certain group of friends, and we would come to my house and play video games. Yeah. And I remember when we were older, I tried to like engineer that same event. Yeah. Because we were all older, and you know, yeah. not everyone was living in the town anymore. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to get those same friends together. Yeah. And we're going to play the same game we used to play yeah. because I was very yeah. nostalgic for that stuff. Yeah. And I remember it was just a really weird and awkward night. Yeah. It didn't work. Yeah. But then the the previous night, yeah. a random assortment of friends came over yeah. and we threw on the same game. Mm-hmm. And then we had a really great time because it was in the moment and it wasn't, you know, there was no expectation, I guess. Yeah, I totally understand what you mean there. I, I, I've done that. I've tried to do that as well. Try to create something. You're like nostalgic about something and then you start to create try to create that recreate that and then it just doesn't it's just not the same thing and then you end up being quite sad or not sad disappointed yeah well no it, it could be sad i mean it's also there's something so much more fun about an impromptu party yeah. for example you know when you try and go oh we're gonna go out and we're gonna have such a good time yeah and then it's like okay whatever and then one day i mean obviously not right now because we're in fucking covid time but i mean you know yeah. we, a friend calls and just goes oh you know a few of us are going out and you go uh sure i'll go out and then that ends up being a really fun time yeah yeah and there's another aspect of that as well like sometimes like you don't realize how much fun you're having until after you know you were like you would look back at it and you would say oh that was so great that was so much fun but you didn't think about it like oh my god we're having so much fun now but it depends but sometimes it's like that i think well, usually what I do now, because everyone's always taking pictures of everything, so I take my phone out and I keep reminding people how much fun they're having, oh. and then I say, smile, fools, and then everybody smiles, and then we do that about a hundred times during the night. So then you will just, you cannot forget. Yeah, that's that's a good idea. That's yeah. a good thing. I, I think that, I, that we are doing now that I really, really love, thanks to the confinement (laughs) actually something positive it is that i set up the mic here at home and i invite friends over and some of them like there's laura for example the singer but some of them are not singers but anybody can sing and then i just put some music on and i create playlists and then any everybody can sing and then there's a lot of wine involved (laughs) so by the end of the night it's just random and everybody goes freestyle it's just so hilarious because it's so ridiculous and so stupid by the end of the night but we're having so much fun and I posted some of that stuff on, on, on mm. Instagram as well not the like not the total crazy stuff but <laughs> uh, it's really yeah I can't they would kill me otherwise but mm. uh, I, it's really funny I, and I really really love that so that's something that we did a couple of times now and this is definitely something that I will remember in future and this is something I, I advise you to do as well if you have cool neighbors. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's always so much going on over here because we got kids, so. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. that's. But maybe the kids can think that it's a nice thing as well. But, of course, if there's kids involved, you cannot have, like, the big party with the lots of alcohol. I 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, but of course, I remember when I was a kid, my parents would host gatherings and stuff, and they'd all get wasted. Yeah. Wine, though, because they're classy people, right? Of course. Red wine. <laughs> <laughs> French red wine. Yeah, man, you need that yeah. Pinot Noir. Voilà, Pinot Noir and Bordeaux. The best Bordeaux. <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess. Those, those are the only wine words I know. Wine gives me a headache. Really? Mm-hmm. Uh, red, red and white? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. It's, I mean, like, I can do it. It's just, yeah. you know, sometimes you... It takes a long time to understand your own body. And, and for decades, I drank beer and always felt kind of shitty. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, I only realized that maybe like two or three years ago where I was like, yeah. wait a second, it's the beer. Yeah. Like, that's the problem. Yeah. Like, so I switched, but but I didn't switch to wine. I switched to um, whiskey and ginger ale and stuff like that. Yeah. Whiskey is like, I, I know some people, they drink whiskey and they never have a hangover. They can even like party and drink whiskey, a lot of whiskey and nothing happens. Yeah. I don't know why. To be fair, I'm not really a drinker, but. I like. <laughs> I like to talk like I'm some cool guy. I would love the fact if you would tell me that, like, like you're the biggest drinker in town. <laughs> no, like I come from a small town, so like I actually know people who would say that, like it's a thing you would say to impress somebody. Oh, like, really? You know, they're just like, oh man, like, I just drank a case of beer last night, and I'm always like, cool. Good for you. Does it does it impress you? No, I'm impressed by very little. <laughs> okay. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> But look, I want to uh, I want to listen to more music. You actually had a cool cover. I don't often play covers on this show, okay. but your girls just want to have fun. Cover is neat oh. because it just sounds unlike uh, any other cover I've heard of that track before. Thank you. Yeah, it's it's uh, the Swedish producer Johan Emot who made this one. Like, I mean, not originally, obviously not, but we <laughs> made the, this one. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Yeah, I'm quite happy with it. Yeah, let's listen to it. This is uh, this is a cover of "Girls Just Want to Have Fun" from Yota, and that. Oh no, I can't do that because I'm going to edit in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you need to cut that wave there. I, I don't know. I don't know how to make my own show.
Alright, and that was Girls Just Want to Have Fun. That was a cover from Yota. I'm here with Yota right now, talking about getting wasted and singing with your friends. Is that right? <laughs> that is correct. <laughs> See, I'm paying attention. <laughs> you are. <laughs> We're talking about the essential things in life, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, you sound like you have a history of dating musicians. What's that like? Uh, that's, uh, <laughs> yeah, you know what? I dated so many musicians. That's why I'm where I'm at today. No, I'm joking. <laughs> no. It seems like they'd be all like weird, sort of depressing people, but maybe that's just me projecting. <laughs> no. Yeah, my my uh, long-term boyfriend before uh, I met Laurent was yeah, also a musician. Uh, not depressed. I would say quite <laughs> moody, though. Uh, <laughs> moody, creative Lots of fun and interesting. <laughs> yeah, well, no, it's good to be around interesting people, right? It's uh, Yes. I remember when I used to have a normal job. Yeah. And one of the things I find most difficult, because I'm a weird guy. Yeah. So one of the things I find most difficult is like engaging, I'm going to say normal people. Yeah. Because I'm not good at small talk. Like I can't. Yeah. Yeah. I can't do small talk. Like, so even when I meet people for the first time within a few minutes, yeah. I want to be talking about like personal, like I want to know people personally. Like I don't like yeah. surface level, you yeah. know, just what's the weather like and let's talk about yeah. the sports scores and stuff. Like I, I actually can't yeah. do it. It, it hurts yeah. me to do. Yeah. Yeah. I hate that too. Yeah. It's so boring. Yeah. Mm. So it, I like to be around uh, interesting people, but just you got to deal with a lot of sort of weird idiosyncrasies and... Uh, all these other yeah. things yeah i'm also like i'm exactly like you there I, d I just i get bored otherwise and it's just a, not me and uh i love crazy people like the, the crazier the better you know or just interesting you know people who are, have more depth uh, and uh that are quite odd sometimes i think i have a, fr a friend of mine he told me that uh don't you know anybody who's normal yeah <laughs> And I said, well, I think they're normal. He's like, no, they're not. <laughs> uh, but I love that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, that's funny. I, I uh, come from like an eccentric family. Yeah. But I grew up in a small town. So most of my close friends aren't quite as eccentric as I am. Yeah. Because when I went to college and started making friends in film school and then seeing like true eccentricity, because I remember like my one buddy who I became friends with and he had like a house party. And then like I just met these super weirdos. Like he just had this fucking bizarro family with all these friends and I was like oh shit so I, I sort of exist in like this um, middle ground yeah. where I like I like a little bit of eccentricity a little bit of weirdness but not too much to the point where I go to some party and like all the people are like naked body painting each other or something and then I'm like alright this is too much like why did that happen? no <laughs> <laughs> give me the number yeah. <laughs> I'm joking <laughs> I just, I, I, I have limits. Like, there's points yeah, where I'm like, yeah. all right, this is too weird for me. That's fine. Yeah, I think I, um, I'm a lot like that, too. I mean, it depends, but I don't mind people being, like, hanging out with people who are totally, like, quite crazy to a certain limit. It depends on what they do, of course. But yeah, as long as I can walk away. That's all that matters. As long as I can just sort of slowly backwards yeah. <laughs> leave yeah. and then... <laughs> exactly. But yeah, I have I have some really eccentric friends, and I'm not gonna name anybody. But yeah, I do have, and uh, I just love to be around them because we are laughing so much. Humor is a very very important thing for me in my life. Like just laugh and do silly jokes. That makes me so happy. So like uh, in everyday life, I don't know if you. It sounds like you're that kind of person as well. I become the most 
awkward around people who don't have a sense of humor. Yeah. Because I don't know how to engage yeah. with people like that. And, and so whenever I've had like been in a room with like heavy handshake, yeah. serious people, that's what I call, you know, when you, you ever you meet a person and they give you like yeah. a heavy handshake and say your name back to you, yeah. like, <laughs> you know, oh, Andy, yes, Andy, the second I, I meet those people, yeah. I change because I, I, I lose all my power. Yeah. I'm all of a sudden like, oh, you're like a serious person. Yeah. And then I don't know what to do. And all I end up doing is making fun of the fact that they just gave me a heavy handshake because to me, it's like a cartoon gesture, like to show you're a serious business person. You give someone this handshake where you really squeeze the hand tightly. And to me, it's like a funny, almost like posturing sort of move. But it's a weird thing to make fun of because then I'm the asshole. But whatever. Anyway. (laughs) But yeah, but in that case, yeah, I mean, I totally get you. Maybe in future, you should try that. And I should try that as well to actually like ask them how it feels like to be uh, a serious person like they are I mean depending on obviously if it's like a business meeting it's about your business or something (laughs) not that but otherwise it can be quite interesting to start to dig like you know ask them some some questions like how does it feel like to be you you know but yeah. maybe, yeah, it depends on... Well, you. maybe I'll just... I'll, I'll see how it goes if I just say, uh, hey, man, what the fuck is your problem? Yeah. And then see how that goes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> maybe he's been waiting for that his entire life. Yeah. You know, maybe he's stuck in something. You know, what, you never what know. What is my problem? I'm an asshole. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for liberating me. <laughs> voilà. Well, how about... Yeah. Should we listen to another song? Yeah, let's listen to another song. I want to go to Hazy Paradise... Mm-hmm. And uh, there's a whole bunch of great tracks on this one. I uh, played a few on the show. Mm-hmm. Which one should we play? Let's play The Runner. This one's cool, man. I like this one a lot. Perfect. This is The Runner by Yota.
And that was Yota with The Runner. And I'm here right now with Yota talking about meeting crazy people, the vibe, you know, hanging out with cool cats and laughing and feeding off that energy like a vampire. <laughs> is that correct? Exactly. That is so correct. <laughs> Well, t talk about, uh, why don't we talk about music? I don't usually talk about music on this show, so I'm changing. This yeah. This whole year is completely different. Yeah. I'm now an organized guy, yeah. and I'm going to talk about music on my music show. Why? No, I'm joking. <laughs> well, <laughs> the, the why would be that the audience always complains, because they always go like, uh <laughs> on this show, I'll, I'll get guests on, and then we just end up talking about Batman and video games, and we never actually talk yeah. about music, so. Okay. I'm joking. Yeah, it's it's perfect. Yes. So, what do you want to know? <laughs> um, well, first of all, how do you feel about Batman? <laughs> <laughs> I don't have any spe specific opinion about Batman at all. In fact, should I? <laughs> oh, no. In in France, they call the movie The Dark Knight Le Chevalier Noir. Oh, ça c'est beau ça. Oui, yeah. c'est plus c'est plus sexy en français en fait. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Voilà. It's everything is much it's, it's like you can say anything in French and it sounds quite sexy, doesn't it? But in fact, it, it can be like the the, the most stupid word. Yeah. <laughs> no, I actually like no. I have no idea. I'm not. I'm just. <laughs> don't, don't worry. You, you don't have to answer that question. <laughs> oh, thank God. <laughs> But there will be a quiz at the end of the show. Oh yeah, that's oh my god, that's brilliant. <laughs> But yeah, so what, how did, how does it work? So obviously you're working with uh, producers on the album. So like, what? Mm -hmm. How does the the songwriting process work from from your side of things? Mm -hmm. So it works like this: that I receive tracks from the producers. These days, I'm more like, okay, hey, um, you know what? I'm looking for something like a little bit like this or like that. I can send them mood boards, like mood boards with different tracks that I like, and then I was like, okay, I would like to you know, this kind of mood or, and then they would send uh, tracks over and usually it's through the, you know, internet. I mean, some of them are abroad, a couple of them are in the States and such and other ones, even if they work in Paris, they would send them over um, through the internet and I will download those tracks and I will open them in Logic. Then I will record myself in Logic, write the lyrics, write the melodies, and then I will bounce those files that I've recorded, remove some buzz and uh, background noise, but I will not mix them. I will bounce them, I will send them over back to the producer and they will mix it. So that's how we work. So describe a mood board. So I'm using a musical mood board, which is basically a playlist of tracks that I like and that I love. And I create these mood boards on Spotify, for example, then I just send a private link to Or sometimes it's it's also um, it's not private always, but anyway. And then I send it over. For example, now I sent one over to the Sound Factory boys, and where I also send a voice message along with the different tracks that I've chosen. And then in this voice message, I will tell them, you know what, I like this and this part in this track because of this and this reason. Maybe we should create something inspired by this. So it's never like, okay, can you just copy this? It's not that. It's just, you know, this mood, this tension in the song or whatever. And that's how I work. Because 
I know that if people just send me instrumentals, maybe they will send me 10 and I would, you know, feel that I get the vibe with one of them, you know. So then it's easier these days to just go the other way around and say, you know what, I'm looking for something like this. The thing is that what is cool is that some of the people that I work with, they know, they know me so well by now. So they know what I like. For example, I was at the Sound Factory studio. It's Stéphane and Thibault here in Paris. And then they told me that Stéphane is like, when, because Thibault is also playing the guitar, and Stéphane is like, no, 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 Yota is not going to like that. You have to start all over. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, she's going to like that. She's like, because he knows my taste, basically. So that's how I work. So are you like a boss? No. Oh, I made it sound like that. No, I'm not. <laughs> I'm, I'm really like humble and kind. I'm very humble and kind, but otherwise we're losing a lot of time because if they're like, okay, I'm, we're going to do this and this track to her and then it's like, okay, I like it, but I don't get that. You know, I don't feel the track. I can receive a lot of good tracks. That doesn't mean that I'm going to get inspired. And I know that sometimes somebody sent me something and, and then they're like, I'm not, I don't get that vibe and I can feel that the person gets a bit like disappointed and I want to avoid that. So I will just say, you know, well, with new people, especially like, okay, this is the kind of mood that I'm, you know, aiming for and stuff. Well, when I say boss, I mean, I guess it doesn't mean like uh, you're a jerk. It just means that you are <laughs> are certain and direct with what you like yes. and what you don't like. Yes, yes, yes. For example, yeah, exactly. I am. Yeah, I'm more like, okay, let's do something like this and that. Yeah, I'm kind of like organizing the things or and, and being yeah. like trying to... Yeah, and also like I'm working, for example, now with a band called Night Drive. They're this fantastic band from Houston, Texas. And anyway, I contacted them for a collaboration and they replied that, oh, we're actually fans of your music already, which was a fantastic to hear. And anyway, uh, I'm working with one of the guys from there. It's Brandon. Just giving you an example. That's a new person that I'm working with. So he doesn't have an idea of what I like. But he's going to find out. Yeah, and he did. And he did <laughs> actually. So he sent me a lot of like good tracks. Well, obviously, first of all, I like his music. So he knows that he you know that makes it a bit easier but also like just knowing you know sending a mood board saying this is my style this is not my style so it's like I think it's important especially when you work with new people because then you will save a lot of time and and in this case with him it worked perfectly well actually so I think he has like written like five or six tracks on the album on the upcoming album oh so you're like super busy over there yes I checked. I have actually, I had no idea, but I do already have like 12 tracks for the album. Nice. Yeah. I just, now I just need to record them. Yeah. <laughs> I need to finish them. I need to finish them. I finished like four or five. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it and uh, to finish this album. And I'm also, I wouldn't say nervous, but I'm, I'm of course like, I can feel the expectations from some fans are like, oh, they're really looking forward to this. And then I'm like, oh my God, what if they don't like it? But you know what? I can't think like that either. I just have to think the the same way that I did with the last album. And it's like, okay, do I love it? Do I like it? Yes. Okay, so let's go for it. You know? Yeah, I find uh, the fans in and around the synthwave scene, I think, are sort of entitled because I can't think of in history artists being so prolific like i love this kind of music and yeah. it's weird because when you can deliver stuff digitally yeah. and it's so much more direct someone releases an album and then like the second it's out it's like so when does the next one come out and it's like <laughs> a lot of my favorite bands in history yeah 
Um, they're like years, but I mean, like Depeche Mode is like one of my favorite groups. Mine too. It's like three to four years in between yeah. each album. And then yeah. in Synthwave, people are putting out like three albums a year. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. I know. It feels good to hear you say that, like that you also thought about it because I thought about it. I'm like, but it hasn't even been a year since I released Hazy Paradise. So it's like so, um, it's trying to tell myself that, you know, it, there's no stress. It's okay. Take your time. <laughs> I mean, I guess the tricky thing is if you have music done, see, there's a careful balance here. Yeah. So one way is you don't want to burn out and make stuff too quickly yeah. or make stuff and you're not even in the mood. You just make things to make yeah. things. Yeah. But then the other side of it is I know people who do the opposite. Like their their album is done yeah. and then they just go, yeah, yeah, I'm going to release it in like uh, 2022. I'm like, but it's done? Like, how do you sit there? Like, I make silly videos, right? Yeah. And the second it's done, yeah. and it's rendered, and I have a finished video file on my computer. Yeah. If someone said to me, you know, uh, for marketing, it's best if you release that, like, next week on a Thursday. I'm like, but it's done. Like, I have to <laughs> release it now. Like, it's finished. Like, yeah. it, it, it I need to see people's reactions now. Yeah. And yeah. so that's the way I feel. So like, I feel like if you have something done, yeah. it's fine to release it. But it's also, I don't know how healthy it is to like, just keep working for the sake of it. Yeah. That's not know. a good thing. Yeah. yeah. Just, but I, I totally understand. I totally agree with you. I mean, if it's done, it's done. You should release it. You know, why, why wait? But I know also people, I know some people who have like worked on different projects and they're just working on this album forever. Now I'm not referring, now people will think that I'm talking about lifelike, but I'm yeah. not. <laughs> <laughs> because I know that Laurent, no, no, it's not the case in Laurent's album, I know, because I I know a lot about it. So it's other things. Uh, he was, it was supposed to be released on a label and there were some complications and stuff. Sure, whatever, man. I believe you. Yeah, <laughs> but I have two tracks there, by the way. I have two tracks there. I'm like, and sometimes I'm telling Laurent, I'm like, come on, when is it going to be released? He's like, soon, soon. But it is going to be released. But also, but now I'm not referring to his album. I'm just saying that I know some other people that have been working <laughs> on their album for freaking like five, 10 years. Yes. And they're like, you know, they're perfectionists. So they never settle. Like they, they never feel that it's good enough. And then times change. The style changes. So they need to, then it's like outdated kind of like or something. And I'm like, come on, just release it. That's one of the major things with some of the in and around the synthwave scene. Yeah. You know, some of the pioneers of the scene, I'll say. Yeah. That's the position they're in where, you know, you have some people who really... Yeah. developed the sound yeah. of synthwave yeah and then now they're sort of stuck because if they release something and it sounds like yeah. what they used to make yeah there's so many yeah. other artists who have come along and sort of lifted yeah. that style yeah and yeah. then you go what do you do like if you change too much you might alienate your fans yeah. but then if you come up with music yeah. that sounds similar then it's yeah. like well this sounds like all the other stuff and yeah. you know it is it's tricky yeah it is tricky and uh, and uh, I, I see also that in the synthwave scene, I mean, I love my fans. I, I talk to many of them, like almost some of them daily, <laughs> which is maybe a bit rare, but I love it. So uh, basically, but um, I know that uh, also in the synthwave scene, there are some people are very like tough. It has to be in a special, you know, it has to be a special way or special style. And if it, oh, fuck those people. Yeah. But if it sounds a little bit too much like they're like, this is not synthwave. 
I think why I uh, like the idea of a mood board is because that's what music does for me. Like music is a feeling. Yeah. My album, Hazy Paradise, it's instead of calling it a specific genre, it is actually really the hazy paradise. Like the mood is hazy. Mm. It's like you're going into a dream and it's quite, everything is a bit hazy, but it's quite cool. It's like a, you're going on a, on a little trip, on a little high, natural high. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, actually, speaking of which, we, we've gone too long without listening to a track. So okay. I want to I want to listen to the vibe. Mm-hmm. All right, because that's another cool track from Hazy Paradise that I dig. So let's listen to that. This is the vibe by Yota.
All right, and that was Yota with The Vibe from the album Hazy Paradise. And I'm here with Yota right now. Yeah. And now we all know that Lifelike is there sitting on this album. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> <laughs> Just not wanting to release it just yeah, to yeah, piss yeah. everybody off. No, anyway. he's going to release it yeah. at some point. Anyway, I'm just kidding. We're not talking about him, man. This is your show, all right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. But on the subject of music and genres and stuff like we were talking about before we listened to the song, I mean, some people are very particular, but these are nerds. I mean, you can't yeah. satisfy, because yeah. when you're a creator and you're an artistic yeah. person, you, you have to change and you have to evolve yeah, and do what exactly. you feel because that's you're going to make your best music yeah, when you yeah. care yeah yeah and so when people go like oh this isn't the exact thing i like and it's like well yeah. fucking go listen to something else then <laughs> like yeah yeah so many other yeah, things exactly i mean i would say that there is something that is interesting there of course is the it's that they're very passionate about what they like then that's a good thing but then limiting to like you know you cannot really like say okay you're just gonna continue doing the, exactly the same thing within this square it needs to fit within the square it's like no that's not the way things work especially not when you're in the creative field when i was growing up mm-hmm. uh depeche mode was my favorite band mm-hmm. because of listening to them mm-hmm. i developed the the sense that oh yeah this is what happens right like bands change like Depeche Mode yeah. sound changes yeah. wildly yeah. throughout especially like the 90s and stuff yeah. and I remember as a kid just going like you know I like Depeche Mode so I would always buy their album yeah. and you know some albums I liked more than other ones and some were like okay like this is whatever but I still like them you know I still yeah. go oh you know we'll see what they do yeah. next time if I didn't really like this one as much uh-huh. and uh-huh. I just feel yeah. like now with uh, I mean it sounds <laughs> cliche to complain about social media because that's what everybody does but it's people are just so quick to just say what they think all the time and it's like this public record of like I didn't like yeah. this or I like this and it's like yeah. you don't need to do that yeah. that's why social media annoys me because you don't yeah. need to do it yeah you don't need to and everybody's so yeah it's on social media it's like anything is allowed and you just don't care you can just say really mean things and such and it's like I, I mean if I check uh, all the comments on Limelight for example on YouTube which has a lot of plays you know I mean there's most of them are really nice but some of the comments I'm like oh whatever you know yeah. <laughs> get a life you know but I don't but I, I don't let it affect me. But in the beginning, I was like, ooh, ouch, that wasn't nice. But I don't care anymore. Being an artistically minded person is so strange because what I make is silly. Like, I know, like, I'm a very self-aware person. So, like, I make silly yeah. things. Yeah. And I know that they're weird. And yet, at the same time, it's like, I also feel this weird compulsion to make them public so that people can watch them and judge them. And then at the same time, I'm very sensitive. Mm-hmm. So, I don't like when people say mean <laughs> things. Like, it really bothers me. But then I'm like, but I put myself in that position. Mm -hmm. And then I put myself in that position with something that is so strange that it's so very easily criticized because it's bizarre, you know? Yeah. But uh, I mean, I think you should continue to do that. People are always going to have like opinions and they have their own agendas. Maybe like some people are very unhappy and it gives them some kind of, you know, release to just criticize other people. But that's kind of their problem, right? I know people say that. Yeah. But I get no satisfaction from being mean. Me neither. You know, and yeah, be happy for that. You know what I mean? Like, but there are people who are like just bitter and angry and then, then they just, everything is just bad and negative or, or everything is black and white. This, I love this and I hate that. And it's like, you know what? This is great, but I'm not that kind of person. You know, just be polite, be like humble, be, be kind. And if you don't like it, it's okay. You don't have to like it, but you don't have to be so freaking unpolite 
it's not worth it. What does it bring you? What does it bring you? It brings you zero, nothing. You know, I say that, and I mean yes. As as I think back to all the years of doing this show, yeah. there have been like movies and things that I've been very critical of. That's oh, okay. But I'm always aware of the how the production works, mm-hmm. and so I know with independent artists on small labels and stuff, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. there's not a lot of people involved. Mm-hmm. And so when you sit there and really criticize mm-hmm. uh, an artist, especially in like around the synthwave scene, you're literally targeting like one person. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's not like you're targeting a production. Like if you if you criticize like who's a pop star now? I'm so old. I was about to say Britney Spears. Um, <laughs> That's <laughs> lovely. Say Britney Spears. Okay. I don't know either. I don't know. I don't know. Honestly, so let's say Britney Spears. Okay, so you know, like if you criticize a song and you say the the songwriting's bad, mm-hmm. you're not even criticizing her. You're criticizing like 15 yeah. producers. Yeah, yeah you, know, yeah. you know that worked behind the scenes to sort of make this thing and a ghost writer. Exactly who you know mm-hmm. basically just produced the entire song and then she just came yeah. in and didn't even sing lyrics she wrote you know exactly with independent artists and stuff mm-hmm. it's like it's so much more cutting and not only that they're manning their own social media so you're not there's not even an intermediary where there's like mm-hmm. some secretary doing the social media yeah. work it's like you're literally yeah. saying a mean thing directly to yeah. that person yeah. yeah and to me it's like there's no satisfaction in that I mean no. people send me music and if I don't like it I just don't say anything I just go okay like thanks for sending me music you know and yeah that's yeah. it. Like, I don't go right back and be like, this sucks, idiot. Like, Yeah, because it's just, what does it bring you? But sometimes I actually like also when, when I have that, when I read those kind of negative comments, I'm like, hmm, I'm doing something right here. It provokes them. That's good. I'm not saying that, like, that I want people to criticize me, but sometimes I just can feel that the core emotion behind that comment is envy or something like that. And I'm like, you know what? That is so freaking good be envious of me because <laughs> no, <you know. laughs> i've been reading a lot about core emotions so i'm analyzing those things sometimes and sometimes i'm like okay this, this is a good sign you're actually making me feel that i'm doing something right because you're feeling bad about the fact that you're not able to do it yourself Okay, now I'm being mean. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> no, but it's true. I mean, like, I, I think about that where I, I, I will do that. That's the thing that sucks about the fucking internet and social media is because mm-hmm. you do get drawn into these vacuums of just wasting time. Mm-hmm. Because I will do that. If someone says something cruel, I'll mm-hmm. click on their account. Like, I'll be like, who is this fucking piece of shit? Yeah. <laughs> and then, like, like always... Um, nothing you know no yeah. no creativity yeah. you know no like here's here's my art you know whatever like none of that yeah yeah just yeah, just yeah. a stupid account with a with a yeah. avatar of just some still image they stole from something and it's like <laughs> exactly. you fucking who are you like why yeah. but yet yeah. it'll it will get to me yeah and that's the thing that i always find uh, uh very frustrating there's just a strange entitlement yeah i also get that with my podcast because you know a lot of people very generous people like support my show like you mm-hmm. know through patreon on and stuff like this mm-hmm. and all the people who support the show with mm-hmm. money mm-hmm. are the people who never tell me what to do yeah who never say here's what you should do instead or give me advice or what you know what i mean yeah it's yeah. always other people who say like mm-hmm. you should do this or i i like this better and it's never the people who actually support it yeah 
Yeah. And I always find that really interesting too. That That's interesting. You yeah. would think yeah. that the people who give you money would have the feeling of most entitlement to what mm-hmm. you do because they mm-hmm. get, hey man, I, I give you money. Mm-hmm. I, I'll give you my mm-hmm. two cents. Mm-hmm. But no, it doesn't work that way. It's like they're the ones who support it because they like yeah. what you do. And then it's everybody else who doesn't really have a stake in it who has to tell you their advice. Yeah, and it shows like uh, the ones who do that like, actually like um, contribute to other people probably with a you know warm generous heart open you know open warm people in general I think so it makes sense so I, I will contribute but then, <laughs> but then because I, never... I want to be a good person yeah. <laughs> but then I haven't been researching core emotions no so I don't know uh, what lessons I can learn. <laughs> it's very interesting. It's about psychology. We can talk about it another time, but it's very interesting. <laughs> you got the core emotion behind the different kind of behaviors. Right. Yeah. Well, how about this? Because I'm such a generous guy. You pick the next song. What is what is a track off of uh, A Hazy Paradise that you're particularly proud of that we should listen to? Mm-hmm. I love number one. The second you said that, the the first thing that popped in my head was, does she mean Hazy Paradise? Because I thought you I thought you meant number one track on the album. No, so I love you literally mean the track called Number One. Yeah. <laughs> 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 All right, let's do it. This is uh, this is Number One by Yota.
right, and that was Yota with the track number one off the album Hazy Paradise. And I've been chatting with Yota today. We can probably wind this down. Is, is there something you wanted to talk about that we didn't talk about? The meaning of life? No, I'm okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> How many hours do you have? Yeah. I would like to just, what I would like to say is that I, I just really, really appreciate all my fans and if they're going to listen to the show and then I just want to say that I really appreciate them they're just amazing people and people are quite open sometimes when they write to me they tell me about you know they start to tell me about their lives and such and I and I really like that and I try to answer all the messages that I get not always like the same day but I do try and answer them and I often answer with a voice message so they're like surprised <laughs> Yeah, what, what's up with that? Because you, you're, you're the only person I've met so far who seems to communicate primarily through Instagram <laughs> voice messages. <laughs> I know. No, the reason is because I'm answering a lot of messages. So I, I am doing that. So I'm like multitasking. And that's why I think voice messages is the fastest way to say what you want to say. Because maybe, I mean, I'm answering quite a lot of messages every day. So it's writing. Yeah, I think it's more efficient. But I know that... Not everybody likes voice messages. Like I have some friends, they're like, do not send me another freaking voice message. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, that's what I, it's just efficient, fast. That's why. Hmm. Maybe I should start doing that. You should. I spoke with uh, um, this guy from uh, this video guy when I, that I met in Sweden and he was from Venezuela. And he told me that over there, everybody sends voice messages to each other. That's like the normal thing, his family and everything. So for him, it was normal. Many people like it, but some do not. And I do understand if you're like on the metro, for example, I don't know, and you receive a voice message and you don't have the headphones, you cannot really listen to the message then. Maybe there's some weird content in it. You know, you never know. So, you know, because sometimes, yeah, I make a little bit of weird jokes and stuff. Now you but have to yeah. just uh, have a little... <laughs> A disclaimer underneath your voice message is a weird content alert. Yeah, I actually do that. I did that a couple of days ago with a friend <laughs> of mine. I said, okay, so if you're with, a, because it was her birthday, and I said, okay, if, you ha if you're with your parents, do not press play. <laughs> <laughs> But no, otherwise than that, no, it's, I, I mean, I'm just looking forward to finish this album and I'm working on it along with a lot of other things. So it takes a little bit of time, but I'm aiming on finishing this album during this spring you just said working on other things you mean other things beside music or just i'm actually writing uh that's music as well though i'm writing for another artist or some other artists but i cannot mention too much before it actually happens you know do you know what i mean i'm pitching some things mm. for some big 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 artists but i cannot talk about it yet but when i if i can i will i will <laughs> but then i'm working on actually like uh other just musical projects and stuff like that that are not you know it's not a yota project so that's what i'm doing and then all the other things around uh, concerning my life you know trying to work out and stay in shape and whatever hang out with people socialize and stuff and then just also handling the social media part and stuff i haven't hung out with anyone in uh, a very long time really <laughs> Do you feel lonely? No, I'm joking. Well, I mean, I've got my family, so I, I, I appreciate that some people could be feeling uh, pretty lonely. I mean, like, I've got kids. I mean, the kids are, yeah. they're a lot, right? And they're always uh, running around being crazy and yeah. funny and stuff. And yeah. I got myself a pull-up bar. So I can do pull-ups. What is that? That's like when you put a bar like in your door frame, like a metal bar. Oh, that's and brilliant. And you lift yourself for, for working out. That's great. 
So I, I can do, uh, I think I'm up to four. I can well, do four good. pull-ups. <laughs> <laughs> it's to have, good to have goals. So what's your goal? To, to be able to do 10 at least or something? Uh, like. Yeah, goals. That's a good idea. Yeah. Like, uh, I need to be able to do 10, you know, in June or something. Yeah, pull-ups are hard. <laughs> they are hard. They are hard. <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to get to 10 by June. I have my home gym. I have everything I need at home. I have everything. And I, I power walk every day in the park. And then I try to work out. I think it's important. So that takes, that doesn't take a lot of time. But it's still things that you need to do, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got myself this video game on Nintendo Switch. And it's like, a, you work out, but it's also a video game at the same time oh does that work is that good it's okay it's like it comes with a ring it's called ring fit what the fuck is it called anyway whatever it it comes with a ring so there's like a big sort of ring and it's pressure so when you push it it requires pressure to push and pull Uh uh-huh the game recognizes what you're doing so you shoot fireballs by like pressing the ring in yeah and then you put one of the the controllers on your leg there's a little strap so it knows when you're running so you have to run the whole time so you're <laughs> running and shooting fireballs and like collecting coins and stuff this sounds very high tech yeah. why well, don't you just you know do a normal work <laughs> it sounds so high tech it's like you know just to motivate you to do something it's like oh and then you have this you have fireworks and then you have this yeah well, that's that's what i need i'm a nerd right okay, so it's that's like great that's great no but you know what i've heard this thing that a good workout is the one that you actually do so if that motivates you to do you know to, to train and work out that's perfect yeah. yeah, I think that's just the thing. I need uh, <laughs> I need lots of bells and whistles, right? So if I go walk outside, what do I get? Fresh air. Boo! Yeah, so right, I, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> no, I need to be uh, throwing fireballs. and. Uh, yeah, it's, yeah. it's uh, why not? I, I mean, I usually call somebody when I'm out walking. So I'm like, not just like walking. I'm listening to, I'm creating my playlists in the meanwhile when I'm walking listening to music or talking to somebody basically or sending voice messages to <laughs> all the people you know I think I send like every day I think I send like 100 voice messages or something Jesus you are a you are a multitasker <laughs> yes I am this is how things get done you know a lot of people who complain about not getting things done it's because they actually don't do anything yeah I, I, I try it's a dumb thing to say out loud but it's true it's like when I study the success of even on a small scale, you know, like well, artists in, in and around the scene and stuff like this, mm-hmm. it's like the ones who actually release things are like, oh, like they're actually, you know, they've got schedules and they sit down and say, you know, I yeah. need to work on music at this time and this time. And they actually have like, yeah. they work at it every day. And, uh, yeah. and other people who just sort of complain that they're not getting anything done, but then they're also not, they're not working either, you know, yeah. like they're just sort yeah. of. Yeah. Expecting it's going to happen through magic. Yeah. I mean, I've been more efficient lately. I've been a bit slow, but it's due to other things that I've been, you know, occupied, preoccupied in my mind with other things. So I've been a bit slow, but you know what? I give myself that time because I know that I'm still going to, you know, finish these things. And, and like I said, it's okay because I, it hasn't even been a year since Hazy Paradise uh, was out. So it's okay. I, I do have time, you know, so I'm like, okay, give yourself that time. It's okay. You don't have to be super efficient all the time but that means also that if if I just slow down a little bit sometimes it's just it's okay <laughs> I'm not the type of person who will let a lot of tracks sleep in the computer for sure not if I do have some good things then I will want to finish them right that's for sure well that's the best way to be because yeah. I have that I've just got these folders of unfinished half-finished projects you should be ashamed of yourself I know you <laughs> <laughs> 
I am, but it weighs on me. Yeah. Like, I actually do feel it. One of them, I mean, it wasn't even a good video. It was like, it was just uh, myself and some other people mm -hmm. who I have on the show, and we were doing a video review of something. And mm -hmm. one of the video files got corrupted because I, I took so long without editing it. Yeah. Oh. And then one of the video files got corrupted. And instead of being upset, mm -hmm. I was happy because I'm like, hey, I can just fucking delete this project. Like, the video file's corrupted. I can't work on it. Oh. You know what I mean? So it's <laughs> yes, like, so I do. <laughs> I was almost, like, relieved oh, because, like, relieved. The, the computer made the decision for me where it was yeah. like, you know what? No. Yeah, you could blame it on the computer instead. That's lovely. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh. Anyway. Yes. Look, we should uh, wind this down here. Yes. But it's been lovely meeting you. The same to you. It's It's been really, really nice to talk to you. You seem to be a fantastic person, very positive and open-minded and cool. Yeah, it's all an act. Yeah, I know. I, yeah, it's fake. The second I turn the microphone on, yeah, yeah, I, I just put on this show and then, uh, and then yeah. I go back and just sort of cry in the shower for the rest of the week. No, I know what you do. You go on YouTube and then you just write all these mean comments. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you do. <laughs> you are actually the worst. One yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm projecting. Whenever I whenever I give the example of the people I hate, it's always because I'm just literally explaining my own behavior. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> we got you figured there. <laughs> yeah. Oh God, it's been it's been really nice. Thank you so much. Thank you for this interview. Yeah, yeah. Take care. Take care. Bye. All right, and that was my conversation with Yota. I hope you enjoyed that. Tune in next week is going to be the family show. If you have a trivia game you want us to play, you have 24 hours to make it. Technically more. We're recording, I think we're recording the night of Wednesday the 3rd. So you have from, as you're listening this, till about 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on... <laughs> Why am I saying this? None of you are going to do it. I... <laughs> Anyway, look, have a lovely week, okay? And tune in next time to Beyond Synth, the best synthwave chat show there is. Thanks for Beyond Synth is made possible by the supporters on Patreon and PayPal. If you enjoy the show, please consider becoming a supporter at patreon.com slash beyondsynth or donating via PayPal at beyondsynth.com. If you want to submit music to the show, please email beyondsynthsubmissions at gmail.com. Don't forget to follow and subscribe to Beyond Synth on YouTube, Instagram, Twitch, Twitter, and Facebook. May the Force be with you.